0: Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, September 8th. A dispute between the city of San Diego and one of its biggest tourist attractions is heading to court. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. For the second time in recent weeks, SDSU is alerting the campus community to a reported sexual assault in the college area. The latest report involves an incident that San Diego police say happened in the early morning hours of August 19th. Police say the alleged assault happened during a rideshare. Last month, SDSU made public another incident involving a rideshare on August 27th. Police have not linked the two alleged crimes, despite the similarities, and no arrests have been made. A former advisor to President Donald Trump, who has ties to San Diego, is facing possible jail time. Peter Navarro was convicted of two counts of contempt of Congress for refusing to cooperate with the January 6th committee. He now faces up to a year in prison on each charge. Sentencing is scheduled for January. Navarro's political career in San Diego included a failed run for mayor and other local offices in the 1990s and 2000s. A reminder that a major closure affecting freeway drivers takes effect this morning in the downtown area. Southbound Interstate 5 will be closed starting 9 a.m. Friday through 5 a.m. Monday. Caltrans will be working on the bridge deck over State Route 163. A similar closure for northbound lanes of I-5 is planned for the end of September. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
1: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.
0: The city of San Diego is suing SeaWorld for more than $12 million, the amount the theme park owes in back rent. Reporter Alexander Wynn has the details. Millions of people visited SeaWorld in San Diego last year, and the company earned more than $1.7 billion,
2: according to its annual report. So it's a little surprising that SeaWorld hasn't paid its rent in full, says City Attorney Mara Elliott.
3: It's disappointing because
1: really the question comes down to, is SeaWorld going to pay the debts that they owe to San Diego taxpayers? They're on prime real estate, beachfront real estate, or are they asking taxpayers to absorb those costs on their behalf?
2: SeaWorld is in the middle of a 50-year lease with the city to operate its park on nearly 200 acres of city-owned land in Mission Bay. In a statement, SeaWorld says it does not comment on litigation, but has partnered with the city for more than 60 years on animal rescues. Despite the lawsuit, city officials are hoping for an amicable resolution to the matter. Alex Zanowin, KPPS News.
0: Sunday marks the beginning of Suicide Prevention Week. Yesterday, county officials and those who work to prevent suicide talked about local efforts. And as reporter John Carroll tells us, they included some deeply personal stories. I knew my kids needed me. I needed to regain my mental health. I didn't know um,
4: how or what that looked like. That's Lisa Garcia. She got the help she needed and is now the San Diego project manager for Recovery International. She and everyone else who spoke at a news conference Thursday at the county admin building emphasized the same message. Help is available and more accessible than ever. But the head of county behavioral health services, Dr. Luke Bergman, says people must talk about it and move past the stigma. It's a health issue. And we don't yet talk about it in ways that we talk about other health issues. If you or someone you know needs help, the National Suicide and Crisis Line is 988. It will route you directly to someone locally who can help. John Carroll, KPBS News.
0: People distributed thousands of anti-Semitic flyers around San Diego this summer, including Wednesday in La Jolla.
3: Reporter Katie Heisen looked into a proposed city law that could change that. A rabbi was assaulted near San Diego State in July. Days later, neighbors in Allied Gardens found anti-Semitic flyers on their windshields, one of eight such incidents in San Diego this summer. But the most police can do about the flyers, they say, is issue a ticket for littering.
0: We cannot continue to treat littering and hate littering like it's running a stop sign or like jaywalking.
3: That's Raul Campillo, council member for District 7, where much of the flyering was done. He's proposing a city law that would elevate the act to hate littering, prosecutable as a misdemeanor with up to a year in jail. Leora Rez, director of Stop Antisemitism, says she's been tracking half a dozen hate groups behind such acts. It's not if violence will occur, it's when. She flew from New York to San Diego to support the proposed law. She immigrated with her family from the former Soviet Union to escape anti-Semitism there.
0: To have to deal with the same hatred that my family uprooted again
3: their lives for is so heartbreaking. Police say if you find a flyer, don't move it. Take a picture, check security cameras, and submit any evidence to law enforcement. Campillo aims for a vote on the proposed law by the year's end. Katie Heisen, KPBS News.
0: San Diego police are still enforcing a curfew for juveniles, arresting mostly Black and Latino youth. But research shows it's not effective in reducing crime. Curfews
4: function as devices to waste police time, taking law-abiding youth off the street, creating antagonistic relationships between police and
0: youth. We'll have that story and more just after the break. San Diego police still enforce a curfew for juveniles, despite research showing it's not effective in reducing crime. KPBS spoke with someone who says it might do more harm than good. Once again, here's race and equity reporter Katie
3: Heisen. Arthur Soriano was a teenager in City Heights in the late 80s, early 90s. He says at the time, the community had a lot of trauma and few resources.
2: Everyone was fighting for their lives.
3: These were the years when politicians, including then-Senator Joe Biden, promised to be tough on crime to stop quote-unquote super predators.
1: And Madam President, we have predators on our streets.
3: This myth that more and more youth were committing violence without remorse. Soriano says City Heights youth feared the police, who he says only came into the neighborhood for things like curfew sweeps and immigration raids. So they ran.
2: Hey, the police is coming, let's run, let's get away. He
3: was a latchkey kid.
2: I was raised with a single mother. She worked two jobs, cleaning homes.
3: He says he had no father and no other family here, and sought out others who would validate him.
2: I needed a way out, and how I found my way out was becoming part of gangs.
3: At that time, he says he was more of a gang wannabe. At night, his friends like to gather in a quick corner parking lot. Most times, he says, they weren't doing anything wrong.
2: Hanging out and, you know, talking smack to each other and laughing and giggling.
3: But it didn't matter. The city of San Diego has a curfew law. Kids under 18 can't be out without an adult between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., with few exceptions.
2: they are coming with their little vans and wagons and just do rates.
3: Soriano's first arrest was for curfew.
2: And while they were doing curfew sweeps, they got me, they grabbed me.
3: They discovered he had a stolen bike, too.
2: At that point is when I began to get wrapped up in the system.
3: He went to Juvenile Hall just for a few days before being put on probation. But he says it was the start of a cycle.
2: But for most kids, our way of solving it was just running, running until we would get caught.
3: The interactions fed into his identity as a gang member. He would eventually go to prison for 23 years. He's been out for the last 11, and now works with youth caught in the same system.
2: Hope, right? And I'm a beacon of that now.
3: San Diego police stopped punishing curfew violations with juvenile hall or diversion programs in mid-2019, but they still enforce it. There were 141 curfew arrests last year. They detain the children and call their parents, return them home or to the police station for pickup. An SDPD spokesperson says they enforce curfew to keep children safe and make it less likely that they'll commit crime. But research is almost unanimous. It's not effective. That's according to a senior researcher for the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, Mike Mails.
4: Curfews function as devices to waste police time, taking law-abiding youth off the street, creating antagonistic relationships between police and youth.
3: The research doesn't seem to shape San Diego policy. At one point, the city accounted for 40 percent of all curfew arrests in California. Black and Latino youth make up more than three-fourths of the arrests in San Diego. Mayles says racial discrimination is the point.
4: And a lot of this is just, frankly, uh, racial in, intent. It's to get Black and Latino youth off the streets and out of the public by their frightening, mostly white patrons of gentrifying areas or suburbs.
3: He says teens actually have a lower-than-average crime rate, and it's been going down in recent decades.
4: We found that when police apprehend youth for curfews, 99% Plus percent of the time, the youth that they apprehend was not doing anything wrong.
3: Research shows youth being in public during curfew hours actually helps reduce crime. Less empty streets, more witnesses. Soriano suggests an alternative to curfew, youth drop-in centers that could be open late-night, year-round. Soriano helped run extended youth programs during the summer, and he was surprised by the demand.
2: And we were like, man, these kids, they're going to want to go back home and get into what, you know, kids get into. And no, like clockwork from 12 to 6.
3: Youth drop-in centers were voted down in this year's city budget. City council members will re-examine the budget next spring. Katie Heysen, KPBS News.
0: San Diego is developing a plan to streamline the installation of new bike, pedestrian, and transit infrastructure. Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says activists see big loopholes. Complete streets
4: policies are meant to help city planners redesign streets so they work for all road users, not just people in cars. Kayla Rusher is a volunteer with Bike SD. She says the streets in her neighborhood are designed to let drivers go as fast as possible.
3: Whereas a complete street enables people to get where they need to go safely, um, which might look like a uh, physical design that slows traffic down, as well as physical protection for these users who are riding bikes, who are walking around.
4: But San Diego's draft Complete Streets policy is getting a lukewarm reception from bike advocates after city staff declined to tighten the rules around exceptions to the policy. A city council committee is set to take up the policy next month. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News.
0: AfrofutureCon returns to San Diego this weekend at the Jackie Robinson Family YMCA in Mountain View. Arts reporter Beth Accomando says it offers a platform to advance and celebrate Afrofuturistic art, film, writing, and thinking. AfrofutureCon strives to connect people from multiple disciplines to use the past and present to imagine a better future. It's a free, family-friendly event with activities geared to children, says co-founder Lawana Richmond. We're doing a cosplay parade for children. If we have youth that show up and they don't have a costume They can create something that they can be proud of and show off in the parade. There'll also be panels covering familiar topics such as comics creators and Afrofuturism in animation, but others feel uniquely specific to AfrofutureCon. Eugene Young has Afromancy, which is about superpowers in the hair. And then we've also got a panel on the future of work. From a refugee perspective, we've got a group of taxi drivers, and then Olivia Green is gonna do an AI 101 because there are a lot of people who are afraid of the AI is coming. That's not to say it's not, Kyle, for concern, but it's also an opportunity to create and expand and improve different industries. Richmond's also excited to have acclaimed graffiti artist Max Moses in attendance, as well as hosting the Cosplayers Ball at his graffiti garden studio. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. This weekend is going to be a hot one in desert communities like Borrego Springs. The National Weather Service says an excessive heat warning will be in place from Saturday morning through Sunday night. Highs from 107 to 113 are expected. That's it for the podcast today. The podcast was produced by KPBS producer Ben Lacey and reporter Matt Hoffman this week. It's edited by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'll be back in your podcast feed on Monday to help you start your week off knowing what's going on in your community. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.